Well, I think most of us hope this year, 2022, would be the year that we all get back to normal, travel normal, yet the pandemic drags on. And now that doesn't mean that there are no travelers out there still traveling. There are some, some that continue to explore the world by motorcycle, dodging shutdowns and border closures. On our Raw show, which in case you're not aware of it, is another podcast that we've been doing for years now, over five years, every month. On this coming episode of Raw for January 2022, we're talking about travel in a COVID world and what travelers should be considering for our post-COVID travel world. And for those who want to travel now, what they can do, and is, is it possible, some ideas on how to navigate the new travel scene, dealing with regulations, vaccines, etc. That's coming out in a few days. Adventure Rider Radio Raw. By the way, you need to subscribe separately for that. It's a separate podcast if, if you're not aware of that. So you can find it pretty much everywhere you find podcasts. And this episode of Adventure Rider Radio today is running along the same theme as what our Raw show is for this month. We've never done this before. But the two types of conversations that we have, the, the one on the Raw show, and then the, the way we do things here on Adventure Rider Radio, they should offer some sort of deep insight into, into what's happening and what will inevitably be what we have to deal with vis-a-vis -vis COVID in regards to travel. On Raw, we talked about, well, we talked about a bunch of things, but, but two of the fundamental things that we talked about were, were um, planning constraints that may change your plans, your route, your methodology for motorcycle travel, any vehicular travel, really. Now, today, we have two travelers that have remained on the road during the entire pandemic. They were on the road at the start. They decided not to go home when most people went home when this thing broke out. And so far, they've managed to navigate rather successfully the world of COVID travel. Now, they've done it by being extremely diligent, aware, and uh, proactive in their travel plans, always keeping up to date on what's happening and figuring out ways to use what they've got to adapt to the changes as they arose in the countries that they've been in. That is until now. Today, they're going to tell us about finding themselves in danger of losing their motorcycles at a border crossing. This story certainly illustrates the unpredictability of travel, and most definitely the unpredictability of travel during COVID. But in this story, it also speaks to a type of perseverance. I'd like to call it traveler perseverance. A type of resolve that some travelers learn through experience on the road when they run into some, you know, seemingly unsurmountable roadblock and then are forced to find ways to get through that. And then in doing that, they learn what it takes. They learn that things can be done. The mindset is certainly front and center today, but it's it's not persist persistence alone. Um, persistence uh, must be governed with a few ground rules that are we're going to discuss today on this show. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manicom. Ted Simon. Austin Vance. Simon Pavey. Bill Bragu. Helga Pedersen. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Sean Thomas. And this is Adventure Rider Radio. It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. 
Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Googletech filters, cyclepump.com. Mickness and Elspie Ulivier have been travelers by motorcycle for over 10 years now. Uh, they travel full-time. They work on the road uh, on their businesses. So they're traveling and working and traveling and working. When COVID broke out, they decided to remain abroad when most travelers were heading back to their own countries. Now, through due diligence and solid planning, they have managed to travel throughout the pandemic. Well, they did have some lockdown time, like everybody did. But when countries were open, they moved around and explored. Now, some months back, they found themselves sort of trapped in Bolivia as all the land borders remained closed. Their personal visas were expiring, so riding out of the country wasn't a possibility. And the Bolivian government was aware that many travelers had vehicles still in in the country and were unable to get them out due to COVID. So they made a special allowance for these vehicles to remain. Meanwhile, Mickness and Elspy decided that what they would do is they would store their vehicles. They arranged storage for their, their motorcycles and they would fly to the United States and spend some time there while they waited for these land borders to open. They got to the U.S., they bought a car, they explored for a while on four wheels, all the while waiting for these Bolivian land borders to open so they could get back on their bikes and continue the adventure. Well, they got wind of the borders opening and and the process being underway, and they made their way back down to Bolivia to collect the bikes and continue along. They followed all the rules and checked all the boxes that the government had wanted in their minds, so there wasn't really an issue collect the bikes, ride to the border before the allotted time had expired, and off they went. But they had no idea that even after they had experienced difficult and convoluted borders in Africa, that that was nothing like this. This would be unlike any border crossing they'd ever experienced. And in the process, they may end up losing their motorcycles to the Bolivian government. I'm Elsie Ulifir from Piki Piki Overland. And I'm uh, Michas Ulifir, also from Piki Piki. We're currently in Salta in Argentina and um, we're trying to ride around the world, it's, um, but not always. It's a difficult task these days. <laughs> because you, you've made a lot of zigs and a lot of zags, but you haven't really gone all that far lately, have you? No. No, but we're going to no. put in a, a massive effort this year. Yeah. We actually decided to ship the bikes off this continent because we've been here for, what, over four years? Mm. Yeah, so we have we have to get a get a move on a little bit. That that is that is a big change. So uh, how long have you guys been on the road now? Well, we started our original trip in 2010 from our home in South Africa. Uh, gave, we gave ourselves six months to go travel Africa all the way to Cairo. Never made it. Ended our first six months in Ethiopia and then got badly bitten by the travel bug and from 2010 basically just everything we do kept in mind that we want to be on the road as much as we can and that dream became a reality in 2015 so from 2010 we would travel six months be home three months travel three months be back home five months and in 2015 we packed even our home and we've been on the road are you guys falling in love with South America to, to the point where you might not want to leave? 
I can sp- I can spend probably yes I like, yeah, I, we- I, really, I think it's one of the it is an incredible continent because it's still low key it is but there's there's high enough stuff that if you want to like like salt if you want to buy something nice you can have it there's wife but the the nature the landscapes oh, are still nice. raw it's authentic um, we'll just go in circles around yeah, and around and around but I, I told I told business he can't say he's a world traveler if he's just sitting in South America <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a world traveler yeah, yeah, no, just a South American traveler. Yeah, South American traveler. <laughs> no, we will no, be no, we back to, for sure. Yeah, we, we'll have to be back. We, we are shipping the bikes out um, uh, towards the end of March just because of uh, the uncertainty of travel. And yes, then we will move to a different continent, but South America will for sure see us again. It's, a, it, it's one of those destinations. I think if, if people have the chance, the only problem is that we see a lot of travelers, they I've been to South America. Where have you been? I quitted at the, the Ruta Castrol uh, down there for two weeks. Well, you know, it's nice you've been here, but it's not even close. So you, you have know, to experience. You have to try and experience and, and, and like get back to that. If people want to come do do one country properly, then trying to rush all of them and, and, and just saying you have the passport. Because eventually you're going to go back home and have to admit to yourself that you lie to yourself. You, you don't really do anything. You, you know, the passport stamps only places you. For, for, a, for a week and then it's, you know, you reminisce about the money you spend trying to rush through a country and you haven't even seen anything. You're not saying that in, in a snobby way either. I, no. I know that because I, yeah. I, mean, I know you, but because I think people can think that, oh, that's just, you know, the, the snob saying, well, if you haven't lived here for, you know, this long or if you haven't spent yeah. this much time here, you, you don't know. You're saying this because this is how you're experiencing things. You're seeing that there's oh, so absolutely. much more to see if you hang around. Yes, and if you and, and absolutely like, yes, I, I absolutely do not mean it in a in a bad way. I mean it in a in a in a um, uh, honest, true um, um, advice advice type way. That you can you can you can see if you take a little bit of time going left or no left right from the Carretera Stroll. There's so many stuff to explore and, and see. And and, and um, if you, for example, in in uh, Torres del Paine, we we were lucky to stay two nights in Torres del Paine. We saw, I took photos, we saw stuff and experienced stuff. That if we just so went through there for, for a day trip, man, I would kick my own ass for doing that because you miss so much stuff. If you go to the Kruger National Park, for example, and you spend one night in Kruger National Park, you, you've wasted money because you might have seen something, but you didn't really experience the place for, for what it is. You have to stay mm-hmm. three or four nights in the Kruger National Park, for example, to experience that stuff. And that's the same with, with Bolivia, for example. The, the, you can You can do a a three, let's say you do a week in, 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 in Bolivia. You'll see a little bit and you understand a little bit. But if you spend two weeks there and you do one region properly, oh man, it's a whole different uh, experience than what you do by seeing a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, not everybody can do it, right? I mean, not everybody can, no, do, no, no. you know, has that time, of course. I mean, it's, it's certainly, uh, if that's all the time you've got, then do it. Well, on it's a, it's another thing. We, we were in Oaxaca now again, um, uh, for the time being to, to wait to, to get back. And the last time we were in Oaxaca was one week, uh, when, for day of the date. And now we, they, we were there staying for a month. We saw a whole different Oaxaca and experienced all the Oaxaca that, yeah. that, we never knew existed. That you didn't see before. Yeah. And I don't see you have to go spend a month there to understand something. Just, you know, yeah. don't spend one day there and then ride on. But Jim, normally if guys ask us for advice and travel, the first thing we ask is how much time do you have? And 
you know, what do you want to experience? If, if you're a foodie and you've got one week, we would say fly with a plane into Oaxaca and go experience the food. If you're a biker and you like to sit on the bike, you like to do nice roads, we will say, yes, how much time you've got a week? Okay, just go do a, a route round here because it will still give you a time to see the nature, to go on a boat trip, to have a beer and to do something else. Yeah. So what we're merely saying is, is just adjust travel to your means. Mm. And it's the same with me and Mechna. So we by no means have got a lot of money. We actually work while, while we travel. So all we've done is we've changed our travel into a lifestyle. So we travel slow because we also work. But while we work, I don't have to sit in an office at home and work. I just work now in different spots. And while I work, I experience a little bit more. So it's it's merely, you know, how how you can and want to change to travel and experience. Mm -hmm. The thing is now, of course, COVID is out there and and stopping most people from traveling. You guys have managed to keep going. Have you got some sort of special trick you've been using to to manage to keep going while while COVID shutting everything down? No, No, I think with us, a lot of it had to do with, I don't want to say luck, by just following procedures. So we we started writing about our experience uh, with the Bolivian uh, aduana uh, this last uh, two years. And as I wrote, I realized that we just always made sure we played open cards, cards and we had everything above board. So we never lied or hidden or I'm just going to go out the country. I'll figure out how to get my bike out. We, we never done that. We've always played open cards, make sure that we've got some paperwork to cover us. And I think it's maybe because of us starting to travel through Africa and in Africa, a piece of paper with a stamp is worth so much. So we just learned that don't play. You, you're talking about a government department that is run by so many people. There's not one person you can go and play or maybe you can try and bribe, but not in all countries it's going to work. So we sort of just, if a country say you've got six months to stay, we stay as close to the six months, but we make sure we're out of that country before that or we apply to stay longer. So, yeah, in, in, in general, we, we, we just play by the rules. So, well, this, this, this one was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. We, we didn't really, if, if now maybe in hindsight, and we couldn't really fly out of Bolivia at, at the time when, when COVID struck, but maybe in hindsight was a better thing. We just dropped the bikes, we flew back home and, and stayed there. But maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it was it would have been a bad decision. The good thing the good thing that, that we stayed was that we had an opportunity to go back to the States. We had an opportunity to go back to Mexico. And now we, we're back here. So there, there's a bit of good and, and bad. And, and whatever decision we would have made at the time, you had to deal with the consequences of, of what would have been, what you would have done by that. But we were just lucky. It was incredibly lucky that we got out of Bolivia. I mean, we got into into the USA. The, the vaccines was was able to help, and then we did that. And, but well, um, hang on, hang on. You're, you're jumping ahead a little bit there. So, so let's let's put this in perspective. So, <laughs> you've spent some time in the states. How, how long were you in the yes. states? So about just shy of six months. So as South Africans, we've got a visa that allows us in uh, for six months at a time. So after we couldn't extend or didn't want to go through the long process in Bolivia to extend the visas for ourselves, we decided to to fly to the USA. Okay, Um, so hang on, hang on. So so with Bolivia, what was the deal with that? This is COVID time. This is, we're talking six, you know, seven, eight months ago sort of thing. What What was the deal there? Did you have to leave? Well, we arrived in Bolivia on the uh, 2nd or 10th of February in 2020. 
Um, so we it came in a month before or a month and a half before hard lockdown in Bolivia. So what happened is we were traveling with our motorcycles around the Lagunas route. And by the time we eventually got to connection, we had friends saying, where are you? This COVID thing is going crazy all over the world. And a friend of us that lives in Sucre in Bolivia said, guys, whatever you do, where you are now is very rural. Just come to Sucre and then we can see what's happening to the world. Now, from that conversation to two weeks later being in Sucre, Bolivia shut down totally. So, yeah, we couldn't fly out. We couldn't fly our bikes out. We were basically stuck in Bolivia. So we spent seven months in uh, Sucre, where four months was hard lockdown. We were in the beginning allowed out one day a week for groceries per person, depending on the number of your identification. Um and yeah, so we, we stayed seven months. They eventually opened. We realized the borders weren't open. So, and also not for us to send our bikes out. So we extended with them for another couple of months so that we can travel around and see what we haven't seen of Bolivia while we're waiting for borders to open. But unfortunately with COVID and with Bolivia being very strict, by a year after COVID started, they still haven't had any borders open. Our visas was expiring, so we decided, okay, here's the thing. We either need to do a work visa for Bolivia, which is quite expensive, or we need to fly out. So we organized that our bikes get extension on their papers, and we flew to the USA. So the bikes you left in Bolivia, which was fine at the time, they told you you could do that? Yes, we had an extension until end of July. This year. Last year. Yeah, last year. Uh, end of July last year. So then, so then yes. you you flew to the states. So okay, you're yes. you're you're in the states. Um, then what happens that brings you back to Bolivia? So we realized that end of July the bikes papers is is uh, falling away. But before we left uh, Bolivia, we met a group of motorcycle people, absolutely amazing, helping us, became friends. And we left legal paperwork with them that they can represent us, move our bikes, get paperwork done, got an attorney involved. If we're not in the country and we cannot get a visa, because as South Africans, we need a visa and we only get 30 days a calendar year. So according to immigration, Mechanis and I could not come back to Bolivia last year. We could only come back in 22, which is now. Well, that's for most Yeah, people. so for so uh, long story short, we had all the papers in place. So just before July, we speak to our friends and say, okay, now we need to start going. They need to give us an extension because we cannot fly back yet and the borders are still not open. So even if we fly back, there's no solution for us to get the motorcycles out and still no freight company was uh, taking motorbikes uh, at all out. The only way that you could organize it was with a truck, but the paperwork, is a nightmare. So we decided, okay, that it's going to have to wait until we can fly back. It's not just you guys though, is it? There, you know of no. other people no. who are also yeah. there with different vehicles, motorcycles, yes. trucks. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I don't, I can't get all of them. That's the biggest problem is to tell them that they're already in, in trouble. But that better this made this. So what they did was they extended every, the vehicle tips, they extended six months at a time. So before the six months over, we go to Aruana in Sucre. We beg them again. They, no, we can't extend it. Then, we, then they eventually extend it for us. So that happened three times. And then the last time before we flew out, we made sure that it's extended again. That causes a, 
behalf of Fortune because we had to get his lawyers involved to make sure that if we can't come back in, in time when the borders open and Bolivia said, get your bikes out before they confiscate them, that this, the friends there can legally ship our bikes on behalf of us out of the country or move them yeah. or whatever the case might be. But then uh, what happened is that after uh, we were in, in uh, the USA, our six months was all, almost up and we decided, well, we, we bought a car, <laughs> a very cheap car. Uh, it was cheaper than car rental. And we started riding around. We decided, okay, well, maybe we can go back to Mexico, which we did do. Uh, so we were in Mexico around about beginning of November when uh, now every month, every week, basically, we're following up what is happening, what is happening. And our friends kept coming back that Aduana is saying they call it a decree, a communication or a decree that's going to come out. And Aduana will, will not react until the, the, the government is given out a decree of what they must do. What, what's Aduana? Aduana is the customs. Like the the customs. So basically, we we cannot do anything on immigration side until customs says, okay, uh, we've extended the motorcycles or whatever is going to happen. But they kept um, telling the attorney we got involved and our friend that everything is fine. We don't have to worry because we did apply for extension before our papers expired. They will excuse us and we will fall with the new decree and then they will extend for six months for us from that day. So we were sort of, okay, it sounds all right. Uh, we, we're going to be okay. Then all of a sudden we received a communication from another friend that he found somewhere on the internet or from somebody that says something different to what our friends were saying. So you didn't even get anything. You don't have anyone from no. the government contacting you, sending you an email or something like no. just saying, no. hey, something's changed here. You, you get it through the no. grapevine. Yeah. Correct. And the reason why we, why we are so tenaciously on the cases all the time is because I know Bolivia like Peruna Pass, confiscate bikes, and and they and because we dealt with their visas, trying to extend it, we, it is it is incredibly difficult. It's like it's like eating your head with a, with a brick wall. I mean, it's just it is so difficult. So we knew that we need to to be tenaciously on their case all the time to try and find out what's happening, what's happening. Because if the, they would say the borders are open, that's the end of it. And then, then you sit with your finger in your nose. There's also no hard and fast rules with them. It's just that, yes, they confiscate bikes, but they don't say specifically when you're an hour over, when you're a year over, there's no written rules. So it, it's a little bit, they make it up as they go. And there's no exceptions like there's a, a penalty. But one of the, the things our friends wrote to us is that the, Customs people in their town have said they are going from the day that the border opened. You will have 45 days to get your vehicles out of the country. And after the 45 days, another 20 days, where after you will pay per day per vehicle a small fine. And we looked at it and we realized, okay, well, 45 days from when they open the border is enough for us to arrange flights, get a visa and get try and get uh, to Bolivia as quick as possible. But that's, but sorry, then, that, that is that is to say that if anybody yeah. else heard about this decree somewhere, yeah. because nobody know, knew that, know, know about it. It's only the government that put it out and they know about it. So this communication wow. came out that we got via the grapevine and we send it to our friends and I, we say, read this and tell us what you are saying is the same because our Google translator is saying roughly what you're saying. They read it. They We have got a WhatsApp group with uh, four friends and they all said, no, you're fine. You're going to be okay. So Mechanis and I was in 
Mexico and we looked at each other and said, let's get cracking. So I immediately booked flights the cheapest I could get as quick as possible because uh, of uh, the peak traveling season. So we booked the flights for end of December, working out the 45 days. We will still have 10 days. And if we go over, there's still the 20 days with a little bit of penalty. So we will be okay. We rushed from Mexico because they couldn't help us in Mexico with Bolivian visas. So we uh, uh, drove all the way up to Houston. On the 22nd of November, we got our visas. We went um, uh, to Texas. We sold our car. And we, in two weeks, were on the plane and back to Bolivia. Wow, that is so, that is a lot of running around. It was a lot of and running that, around. And, and, and in that time, flights were cancelled. We the full PCR test. Yeah, with the, the, <laughs> what do you mean? Your, your flights were cancelled? Oh, yes. Oh, we, we flew out on the 23rd of December, and we were supposed to land in uh, Bolivia on the 24th. Uh, two connection flights, one in the USA December. and then one in uh, in Panama. So we would have been the day before Christmas in Bolivia. So I booked us two nights at a nice hotel to spend Christmas and then one more flight to get to where the motorbikes is. Well, that totally went up. On the 23rd, our very first flight out of San Antonio to Houston, instead of a one and a half hour flight, it turned out to be a seven hour disaster. United had to cancel flights because the Omnicon yeah. and their personnel are getting the virus. They can't work. So yeah, suddenly they sat, they sat with 2,000 flights that they yeah. we were all yeah, the We've heard this, like all, all yeah. these flights getting canceled. Now, now, yeah. th- now, you also had to do a COVID test that you have yes. to pay for before you go. And that's only good yes. for so long. Yes. Correct. And then yeah. when the flights were canceled, on the 24th, we, we, we got well, into Houston. Yeah, yeah. So we got into Houston and we asked, United, what now? And it started to run around again, run around. Eventually, we could do the, the test again on the airport. In the uh, airport, in the yeah. airport. Yeah. Um, and here's the and thing. And $250 a throw. Yeah, $250 a throw. So yes. 500 yes. for the both of you. 500 yes. for the both of oh, oh, wow. That seems like United yeah. will be luckily, luckily, United came to the party and they, and they refunded us that money. They, and, they promised and, uh, us there's a check in the post. A, a check in the post. <laughs> it's only Americans that still use checks. <laughs> Why not just do a, a quick transfer? No, no, no. We, we send you a check in the post. Yeah, I don't know. Some companies still do that. It's something weird about that. I'm not sure they're hoping you're going to forget about it or what. <laughs> because we're so immediate yeah. nowadays. You expect it today exactly. and if it isn't today, I forgot about it, you know. Exactly, yeah, okay. yeah. But United, I must, I must commend them on that. They, they were really nice and, and quick to, to, to get that money back to us. I don't know if you're yeah. aware of this, Magnus, but but I think it's United breaks guitars. Have you, yeah, I saw that. I saw that, video that, video. <laughs> that was some years yeah. back. United breaks guitars. A, That's what they were knowing, yeah. known for. But now you, you know them for something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, they break uh, your flights. They up. break your flights. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and no, the checks that, in the mail. A, yeah, yeah, that's a whole different story. They they yeah. went from. Uh, now the pilot got sick too. Now the fueling rig no, is a problem. Balancing then the balancing the, the, the car. <laughs> and then the, the, the pilot was sick and mm. they're flying another pli- pilot in from Houston where we are going to. Yeah, so eventually we totally missed our connection flight. Uh, they then booked us flights on Christmas Day. Um, so we, we basically spent all of Christmas Day flying um, with a very short connecting flight in Panama, which turned out we had to run as fast as we could from the one gate to the next. And when we got to the gate, I mean, it's a Panama connection. There's nothing else. Panama still wanted a whole lot of documents. But we made it onto the plane and we landed in Bolivia on the 26th. So 
at this point, you, you should be home free. You're, you've, you've landed in Bolivia. Yeah, that's what yes, we that, thought. That's you've made it thought. in time. According to what yes. you know, now when yes. you land in Bolivia, you have made it on time. Yeah. Yes. So on the 26th, we landed in Santa Cruz. On the 25th, the evening, very late. The 26th, we had the flight from Santa Cruz to Tarija where our motorbikes were stored. So we got to the, the airport two hours before the time to make sure so we were there at about two o'clock or twelve o'clock, and again, only our flight left like seven o'clock in the evening. So it was we were like, "Oh, come on, this is the last leg," and but we made it to Tarija. So landed in Tarija the twenty sixth, the twenty seventh we went to fetch our uh, our bikes. Luckily, Mechnas organized brand new batteries, and we could within two hours get the bikes going. And then the next morning, very early, went for the COVID test, got the result that afternoon. And on the 29th, we started uh, uh, riding towards the only open border for foreigners. For Argentina yeah, and, and, yeah. and Bolivia. We're going to take just a quick break while I tell you about a couple of things. When we come back, now we dig into losing their motorcycles to the Bolivian government. Stay with us. We got a lot more coming up. Go light, go fast, go far. That's the Giant Loop motto because they believe that lighter and simpler is better, meaning that they make bags and luggage that is designed for the purpose. No extra straps and buckles and weight. No everything in the kitchen sink design. Instead, each product is purpose-built to enhance the riding experience for those that want a modular and customizable package system that's durable, stable, intuitive, and lightweight. Giant Loop makes everything from handlebar bags to panniers and dry bags designed for motorcycle adventures. Their website is giantloopmoto.com, and anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Go light, go fast, go far with Giant Loop Moto, giantloopmoto.com. Moto Camp Nerd. Moto Camp Nerd. It's a motorcycle camping store. Actually, they call it the motorcycle camping store because they say it's the only one of its kind. And and I've looked around. I haven't seen anything like this before either. I, I really like this. Moto Camp Nerd is the brainchild of Ben and Mary Williams from Trinity, North Carolina. And what they've done is they've made a store that focuses 100% on motorcycle camping gear. That's it. That's what they do. Uh, they stock the gear as well. They don't drop ship it. it it's, it's right from their store. And um, they stock quality gear. In fact, they're authorized dealers for brands like Nemo, Big Agnes, and Sea to Summit. Ben and Mary, the owners, are also motorcycle campers. So when you're dealing with Motocamp Nerd, you're dealing with riders that care very much about what they're doing. Husband and wife team, much like Elizabeth and myself here. And you know, this could solve a lot of dilemmas for riders when trying to decide on gear. I mean, we hear questions like this all the time. Which tent is best suited for motorcycle camping? Which one's the best to pack? Well, Go by their website. It's called motocampnerd.com. You're going to find gear that only suits motorcycle camping. So they've looked at it. They've thought about it. They didn't just stock stuff. They've actually thought about this stuff and checked it out. Probably tried everything, I would imagine, and found stuff that works best for us riders. And Ben and Mary are also there to answer your questions. So if you have any questions about, you know, what you should be getting or maybe the difference between whatever, shoot them an email, send them a message, and they say they're happy to deal with that motocampnerd.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. motocampnerd.com. 
Now, did you realize that IMS Products sponsors over 1,000 riders in all forms of motorcycle and ATV racing? And that almost every major off-road champion in the past two decades has used an IMS product. Why? Because IMS Products has been building great products since 1976, and they bring that knowledge and the lessons learned over those years and meld it into every product they make, like their full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs, all built incredibly tough with cast-certified 17-4 stainless steel, certified heat-treating process, all built in the USA, and warranted for life. I think it's one of the most functional mods that you can make to your bike. IMSproducts.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. IMSproducts.com. Okay, so what's the plan at this point? What is your plan? So the plan... The plan is get to the border as quick as possible and get the motorcycles okay. out before the 45 days lapse. Now, our 40 days, 45 days, according to our calculations, would have expired on the 4th of January. But we sort of decided, well, if it's going to be a rush, maybe we get bike problems. Let's just do it a week or, or a little bit earlier. And then we can spend New Year's in Argentina. And if the bikes break, we still have some time. But we had... We had- the options riding the bikes out of Bolivia. The one is Yakuba border, which is bordering to, to, Argentina. to Argentina, which was, uh, I think, about 270 kilometers away. Then there was Paraguay, which is also about 270 kilometers away. And then there was um, Brazil, Brazil, which is also, which was too far. We, which we wouldn't yeah. have made it with the, with the COVID test and maybe something yeah. happens along the road and stuff. So we, we, and then decided, so if we're going to Paraguay, we have to do something with the bikes again. You can't just leave and it. And that so also have to just get, give you three months. So. Yeah, so we, we, from Paraguay, we'll have to to enter again, Argentina or Brazil to go park them in, in Uruguay, which is more covert So we decided to eat Argentina because we can stay in Argentina for a while and then possibly fly the bikes out or whatever the case. So Yacuba was, was the, the most obvious choice. There, um, there was a border closer to Tarija and we sent the Argentinian embassy and they replied within a couple of hours that no, for foreigners, there's only one border access for them and this is this one that we have But it, it turned out that this border now yeah. does all Bolivians and Argentinians. There's no yeah. other border open. Yeah. So, so we arrived on the 29th um, at the border around about two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, total confusion. A queue as long as you can think. It was Hot as hell, if I can say that. Um, and basically at half past five, the queue we were standing in barely moved and they closed the border. So they closed the border. They opened from eight o'clock until four o'clock. It's one building where everybody is housed and they service both entries and exits. So when you say close the border, they're closing it because of COVID? No, 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 they that, just open, that, they only operate from eight till four. It's not a 24-hour border. So it's, it's, it's just a, a, the closing at the end of the day. So the, the line hasn't Correct. moved at all the, and they've not closed the border all. and you here you are sitting in the lineup. So I guess, Correct. what do you do? You camp? So the first thing no. is we, we were really worried about the COVID test that's going to expire again. So we still had one full day uh, the next day. So we started talking to the locals and I was talking to a lady uh, in the queue, you know, how long have you, why, where are you from, what is happening, what do you, and she just said, 
since COVID and since it's the only border open, it's crazy. People sleep here at night to get through. And I said, well, what are you planning? She says, I'm going to find a hotel. I'm going to come back at five o'clock in the morning. So we're like, okay, maybe we should do the same. Uh, and I said to Mignes, we can pitch a tent, but there was just no ablution blocks anywhere. There was nothing. It's not a water tap, nothing. So we said, okay, let's find a hotel and we come back five o'clock in the morning. As we got to the hotel, there was other people Mignes started speaking to and they said, no, five o'clock is too late. You need to be there a lot earlier. We're going to go three o'clock in the morning. So mm. we're like, no, this is unreal. So but, oh, we did it. <laughs> so we decided, let's, let's just... We have to get this done. So we were at the border three o'clock in the morning. Oh, so you went to the hotel, you got, you grabbed a few hours sleep, few have a hours shower, sleep, and basically food. go. That's yeah. it. So we got to the border at three o'clock and there was a queue of people sleeping. Where the queue was, there was people sleeping and there was about five bodies in front of us and we stood and there was uh, two ladies sitting behind me. So we sort of, okay, maybe these ladies are going to move in front of us. But long story short, we were maybe seven and eight in, in the line. Um, that was so when they opened the border at eight, which physically only happened more like quarter to nine. Um, the uh, queue starts moving and all of a sudden Mechnes and I were like 40th in the 30th. row. Yeah, 30th yeah. on marks, but yeah. there were still more families coming in. What, what do you and mean? How, how did you get so far down when you no, were No, so what it turned out that the people were sleeping there were selling their, their place in the line. So they will sleep there for a whole bus of people. So uh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. so eventually a lady behind us in the queue, a little short, a Bolivian lady just decided this is enough and she took a, a pen and she started writing on everybody's arm the number that you are in the row and she went to tell the guys in the front that we marked everybody if anybody sneaks in there's going to be a problem don't underestimate yeah. old Bolivian ladies they might be short <laughs> but they take no they're nonsense powerful. Yeah, they're very powerful they chuck people out of yeah. that line just unbelievable so to, <laughs> just a very long story short we were there at three o'clock the border only opened at about say half past eight quarter to nine we only got to the first booth at 12 o'clock Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, yeah, so what happened here is that between Bolivia and Argentina, they decided there has to be a COVID station. Now, the COVID station are manned by three old uh, medical, yeah, not, old, not old, but uh, medical ladies. has never run a border post. They're there to check your COVID things, like your PCR and stuff. But then they yes. use the, the, the information you enter for your Argentinian papers and stuff. They use that to enter it into an iPad. So there's three of them trying to do all this, which is now a a complete cluster. So we we worked out. It took them about five five people, half an hour to process five people. In the meantime, there's people standing on the bridge with kids. There's no shake. There's nothing. It's really, really bad. The Argentinians eventually started to, to, to bring chairs and, and stuff for, for, for you know, mothers that with kids and, and stuff like that. It's really bad. Um, but, but this was… It was a little bit inhumane. It was a bit inhumane. Yeah, there was no urgency to to get us through the post. There was no proper organization. You could see they did try, and I must commend the Argentinian side. They really did try their people. You could see once you hit their side, it was just clockwork you through within a couple of minutes. But the biggest holdup was first the, the COVID station and then the Bolivian side to get through. Now, isn't this, you know, like, this is so stressful and, and all, all the, a huge hassle. Isn't this just travel? Isn't this just 
travel with COVID? I think, I I want to say yes and no, Jim. And I think Mechnes and I got some tough training for border crossings in Africa that we we never bargained on on quick border crossings. If we had to do a border crossing, it was a day exercise. We put out the day. If we do it in two hours, yay. If we don't, we put out the day for it. Mm -hmm. So we went with the same mentality. But I think what struck us here is that even if it's just travel, because of COVID and because of the way they managed this border, it almost became an inhumane situation. I mean, I felt so sorry for some of those families that were standing there. Governments need to do more. We see that all over the world. Angola was the same. Sudan was the same. Egypt was the same. It's like it's governments like, need to do more. Yeah, whoever puts the rules, moving. don't anticipate or understand or try and figure out what your small rule does to people on the ground. Mm-hmm. And this is not rich people. They they can't no, fly and, and stuff. Yeah. They have to get a whole family there. So it's five people that all do PCR tests. It costs them a fortune to do a PCR test. Yeah. And then they have to go and sit in a, in a queue because a few government people just doesn't have the ability to to. You know, yeah. do a job properly. I think if I if I ever look back on this border crossing, it would, I mean, for me, yes, it's part of travel. If we're on a motorcycle, we're prepared, we've got time, we can sit it out if we need to. We normally have enough water with us. But looking at this situation, it just showed that there was no proper consideration for the people coming through. And then obviously for our dilemma with the paperwork that, uh, you know, it's great to put paperwork out there in space and hope people, it gets to the correct people. But the other side of it, make sure that your people understand what that document means and what is the repercussion so that they can tell you what to do. But the, but getting through getting through the first place was just, that it was insane. That, that was insane. That was, that was the easy part. So there's basically how it works is you get through the COVID station, then you go to Bolivia site and they stamp you out and you fill in a little form and then you go and you get a little paper with four blocks on it. The first block they stamp to, to, to show that the last person when you're actually entering Argentina that you've completed all, if you're just going through without a car, you get a stamp in and a stamp out. If you have a car, you get a stamp in, stamp out, a car in and a car out. So after the Bolivian uh, stamp, you go to the Argentina little booth, you stand there, they take your, your details and they stamp you into Argentina. Then you go to the Bolivian. Hang, hang on. So, um, hang, so, so you, when you, when you sta- got stamped out of Bolivia, you were fine. You, you, you your bikes well, we and everything. So. No, 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 no. So, Only you get stamped. So Immigration what, stamps you out for yourself. What happens is that, uh, customs do not touch your paperwork until you as a person has been processed. So as a person, you have to go book out of Bolivia, you have to book into Argentina, and then only will they take touch the paperwork of your vehicle. And so, it's, a, it's stupid because normally you stamp yourself out, then you stamp your bike out, then you stamp yourself in and you stamp your bike in. So normally it's not a, a problem. You no. understand that the custom guy wants to see that you as a person has been processed, so that's fine. So we got to the Bolivian aduana site. This is not often we stamp into Argentina. Yeah, so now we take the motorcycle papers and we go to um, the correct booth. And now we're not worried because we are like, we've got eight days of the 45 days left. So we hand our documents over and the guy goes, uh, um, no way. You need to speak to my manager. And we like, oh, this is, this, is, this was now half past one. 
Yeah. And this is, so, this is this is a total broadside for you because, like you yes. said, you you thought you were fine. This was just a procedure you're going through, exactly. and all of a sudden, it's like what? And, and, and Jim, so, yeah, yeah, yeah I must say, changed. this document that we didn't get from Aduana, that we got through a friend that got it from somewhere, we've sent that to seven Spanish-speaking people. And all seven of them said, you understand correctly, you've got 45 days from when the border opened. So on this document, it stated that the border opens for, or, or what we understood is for foreigners on the 15th. So we've got 45 days for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we walk with this guy to his manager. He looks at our paper and he says, and he starts speaking in Spanish. And I just said, uh, please go slow. Our Spanish is not good. Uh, we, you know, what is the problem? And he immediately pulled out this document that we got from our friend. And he said, no, the border, uh, your expiry date was the 15th of December. So now we're on the 30th. So it's 15 days later. So I'm sort of, okay. I am still, we had the 45 days plus the 20 days. So it means I'm in the 20 days of penalty. So we're still okay. I'll pay the penalties. We just need to get out. I'm hot and hungry and been here since three o'clock. So we asked him, okay, um, first of all, we understood the letter to be that we've got 45 days from and we talked to him and he's just adamant, no, we're wrong. So luckily the lady I spoke with the previous day in the queue she walked past this office because they were doing their vehicle. And she saw me and Mechnes and she came in. She said, would you guys like me to translate? And I said, I would really love it. So, she, so we explained to her our side of the story. We gave her the paper. She read it. And as she read, she looked up to the guy and she said, surely you can see this letter is confusing. And he just put his hands in his pocket and stand back and say, well, this is what he's got. So she then said to him, well, okay. They, their paperwork has expired. Um, they have shown you that they did try to get here as quick as possible. What What now? No, he doesn't know. We must go see our embassy. No, this, this is this is the typical border <laughs> post. We know it, where they slam dunk you. So yeah. what they do is they give you the, the something that you can physically not come 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 back to. You you cannot counter that. You you basically done with. So they slam dunk you. With this go see your embassy. Is that a tactic? You mean? No, because it's it's two you know, days he, before before New Year. He wants you, know, you out of his he office. He wants you off, out of his office. He's he's not interested in, in in anything. Get out of my office. I don't I don't need to deal with this. I, I want to go home. I see. Uh, for you your know, problem. So, so yeah. he slam dunks you with yeah. the worst thing that he can just to get you out of his so office. I just looked at Mechnes and we took a deep breath and I said, uh, "Apologies, sir, still but she's still there." So I'm saying. We do not have an embassy for South Africa in Bolivia. We really don't. The closest one is Peru, and the borders for Bolivia to Peru is closed. So I can't even alter my travel plans to go to the embassy in Peru because you're not going to allow me through the border. Um, so then he looks at just looks at us, and then he says, well, you must go back to where your papers of the bike was approved the last time, which is now back to Tarija. So again, I just took a deep breath and I said, can you please explain to him that we South Africans, we only get a 30-day visa, one entry, and it's basically just been canceled. So legally, I cannot go back into his country. Plus, this lady is now talking to him. She's, she's telling him in a very nice way. You're being unreasonable. You're being pr- pretty much unreasonable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there must be a solution for this. This is not… Yeah, penalize us or whatever. And she asked him, she said, so are you going to take their bikes? No, 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 no confiscation until 
45 days after the last border is open. So for anybody that still have motorbikes in Bolivia, make sure that when the Peru border opens, 45 days later, you're out of that country because they will be confiscating bikes. And they wait, they wait for, when they confiscate, they wait till you come to the border and try and get through and they just take Correct. Yeah, and you Correct. said Bolivia is bad for this. And I've heard this before. Yes. I have no experience with this, thankfully. Yeah. How, how, like, do you have um, examples that you actually know people who have had their bikes confiscated? In, in Peru, I know personal friends that, that got their before bikes they changed before the they changed the rules now. Yeah. Bolivia, I've heard stories, but I, I don't know if- uh, We uh, can't confirm. We can't confirm it, but I, I know from speaking to the Aduana people that, that confiscation is, is what they no, do. No, it's their rules. It's their rules. Yeah. And it's not, you remember the, the, the motorcycle and the, and the overland truck for them means nothing. If mm-hmm. they, they get a lot of cross-border trucks, big, big interlink uh, goods cargo. moving trucks, cargo trucks. Tractor trailers. Those, Jackie Charles, yes. what? That is $500,000, $700,000. Now, you can imagine if this happens to that guy. Oh, yeah. He's got one. Of, yeah. So, the, the, the little motorcycle, they don't give, I mean, that's like, please, you know, kick yeah. a thing in the yeah. for them, but also not to such a degree that they will say, okay, go. It's just, no, this is our rules. And then you say, okay, I understand how you've got rules, but give me a solution. I've got a problem. I'm stuck here in your office. Um, I cannot, I'm booked into Argentina, but my motorcycle is still on your side. What do we do? No, he doesn't know. So he phones somebody and then he comes back. But, and he, sorry, just to interrupt you. So the lady eventually said to him, you're going to confiscate the bikes. No. You're going to give a penalty. No. You want a bribe. No. Because of bribe, I'm getting in trouble. Right. So what must we do? And this is yeah. free. Then he picks up the <laughs> phone and he phones somebody. So he writes his name on the piece of paper and, uh, um, yeah, just a name. And he says, go to this place. And I'm like, I'm not from here. Where is this place? Mechnes takes his phone. Let him pin it for us so that we don't go to the wrong place. And I ask his phone number and I ask this person when I must go his phone number. Because, you know, getting there, that person is not going to be there, which actually happened. Is this a government building he's sending you to? It's a government. government So it's 18 kilometers from the border. Into Bolivia. Back into Bolivia. So we ask him, you sure we're not going to be in trouble because we stamped out of Bolivia? We're not going to be a block away and then the police stops us. No, No, take my number, just go to this building and ask for this lady. So I said to Michnes, we don't have a choice. We jump on the motorbikes and as we start riding out, they stop us. And Argentina's custom of uh, immigration guys come and he says, where are you going? You booked into Argentina. And we explain to him and he's like, no, I have to cancel you your stamp. So off the bikes, back to them, they cancel our, our stamps. Now we have to rebook into Argentina when we come back, which means we have to do an online declaration again, which generates a number that you have to give. So we like, okay, whatever, let's just do the first step. So on the bikes, 18 kilometers, we go to this building. No, yeah, not, not having any stamp into Bolivia. Yeah. So you're so, not you're not legally in Bolivia now. No. No, we're legally in no country. We're, we're just illegally in Bolivia, but we're yeah. legally into no country. Right? So we <laughs> we get to the building. I I tell Mechna, stay outside with the bikes. It's so hot. It is. In, it's in the middle of nowhere. This building, and I'm like, you stay. I'll run in. Go in. I go ask for this lady. No, she's not here. You must come back later. And I think they saw on my face I was ready but to. But you knew you were yeah. coming because this guy called her to say, say that. that we're on our way now. And he said she's waiting for you in her office. So I say, how long will she be out? And the lady like just shrugs and I don't know. 
And I, okay, is there somebody that can help me? So two people came up. The one guy can speak a little bit of English and the one lady can't. So they look at the papers and go, expired. I said, yes, that part I know. (laughs) Explain the whole thing (laughs) to them. And the, the one, the lady says, no, just go to another border. I'm like, no, we have to do PCR yeah. again. We have to, yeah, it's it's I can't. I'm booked out of Bolivia, visa, South African, plus another border is not open according to your decree and according to Argentina. The only border I can pass is this one. So you can't send me and make me somebody else's we have to problem. Look for a solution. Now. Yeah. So she walks off, not, not happy. She can't help me. Then <laughs> this guy comes and he talks and he talks and he eventually says, wait, wait. And he goes and calls a, a small little lady that come younger comes and she speaks very good English and she and I tell her the whole thing again and I very systematically tell her we do not have an embassy I've been booked out of Bolivia I don't have a visa the whole thing tell her the whole story and she says one minute she goes away and she phones somebody come back she says I understand your problem I realize we need a solution for you but we need time so I said well it's now just after I think then it was about three o'clock. I said, well, the borders close at four. That's how much time you've got. And I must still ride back to the border. So this is my dilemma. I don't have time. I don't have another COVID test. I, I'm illegal in your country now. What do I do? And it's your decree. You put out the thing yeah. and all of a sudden you don't have a solution for the <laughs> own decree that you put out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I tried all the tricks in the book. I looked very tired close to tears. I was anyway as hot as hell while I was standing there in the motorcycle clothing. Mechnes came up and luckily brought me some water. And I think this lady just realized this is not going to, I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to fall for go to another border or go to your embassy. So she came back, she looked me in the eyes, she gave me my papers and she says, go back to the guy at the border. I just spoke to him. And I said, the manager, and I had his name, I said, this guy. She said, yes. I said, you're not going to give me any letters or anything. In the meantime, what has happened is this very friendly lady that helped us translate wrote a quick Spanish letter for us just summarizing what is happening to us so that I could give it to the ladies in the custom office. So what they did is made me just sign this and I gave them a whole lot of copies of our correspondence with immigration and with customs while we were trying to save this whole situation. So she made me sign that and she just says, go back to this guy. And I said, are you sure? And she just looked me in the eyes and says, go now. So Mechnes and I, nothing in our hands, jump back on the bikes all the way back to the border. So now it was half past three. Yep. You are yeah. right up against the, the deadline. Yes. They're, they're going to close yeah. the border. You're, you're exactly. not legally in the country. So immediately yeah. staying there is, is a risk so, for you. <laughs> yeah. So we parked the motorcycles and I run to this guy's office and I look at him and I said, the lady said, I must come back. She spoke to you. And he says, I cannot help you until you book back into Argentina. <laughs> So now booking back, so, <laughs> booking back to Argentina is not a simple feat. Yeah. So now we have to re-register online for them to get a code to book us into Argentina. So Mechnes just walks the, the into the custom side and he, he looks at one of the young guys and he says, but the guys are so friendly to us. And he says, can I use your internet? And he says, no problem, sir. And he gave us the aduana or the customs internet that we like. And that will never happen. You, you will not no, ask, will, any, yeah. ask any other aduana to give you a custom, to give you yeah. an intent. They will never do it. But I think when we, when, as we started to run around, because the bikes were standing 
right in front of the uh, 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 immigration officers. Really right. at and the, and the all the police and the immigration people, again, like the bikes and, you know, you can see it's overlanders and the stickers and all the stuff. So maybe, um, and that's just, just a, uh, a stab in the dark that they saw that stuff was happening here, especially the Argentinian people the customs people. So they know something was going wrong here. And when we walked into that uh, immigration office in, into uh, into Argentina, I think the guys saw that things are really, this is this is not normal. Mm-hmm. And the guy was was immediately like, and he, he scanned, us. yeah, help us, give us the, the code. Now I'm standing there on my cell phone filling these forms in again, and then you have to get a, uh, um, an email, and then the email gets a number. And so we can't, so we like, you have to print them. And the lady, the one lady they said, don't wait. Just write don't this down. Just calm down. You can see what's happening. Take your time. Fill in the stuff. We will wait for yeah. you. The Argentina side is moving quick. So their counter is empty where the Bolivian side people are standing Scales. in the sun. Scales. So we stand there and the one lady came up to the window and she just looked at both of us and she says, take it easy. And then we saw the guy from Bolivia Customs that is now waiting for us. He's got his backpack on. He's walking he out. Four o'clock now. He's, he's and he's done. our only person. He's the only one yeah, that's he, got. We don't have a letter. We've only got good say between this he's little got to sign girl and otherwise the bike yeah. stays in Bolivia. So I Mifnis think it was really the Argentina guys, the the custom guys that turned around and looked at him that made him walk towards us. And then Mifnis sort of touched his shoulder and said to him, "Please, sir, we need you to just wait. We almost done." So he stood talking a little bit with the Argentina people and then he went back to his office. Long story short, we got into Argentina. Eventually, we got the forms to come through. Now we go back to his office. Yeah, so. Wow. So now this <laughs> is the guy This is the guy <laughs> that said he couldn't help you before. Yeah. You went to see this other woman. Yeah. She yes. said she spoke yeah. to this guy. Yeah. Now you're sitting back in his office and hopefully yes. he's going to sort you out. Now the board is yeah. closed yeah. officially. At this point, you're at your passport officially closed. closed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, our bikes are. We are back in Argentina, but the bikes are still nowhere. And you're and you're getting special treatment. I mean, yes. the, with the borders well, yeah. closed. Yeah, because he was on his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because they, he's got to do his job now. And the Argentinas, lucky the Argentinas, when they saw that the the nonsense happening, they said to us, "Don't worry, we will stay yeah. open for you." And in fact, the yeah. manager on on the side of the Argentinians, she actually came to us and said, "We don't close early. I am here till late. I'm gonna wait for you until you clear." Just wow. try your best. So wow. she was really, it was hmm. so nice to just know somebody has got our back. So we walk back into this man's office and he's standing up straight behind his desk. And I put the papers down and he puts it down and he moves it and he starts, where is your uh, stamp out of the USA? No, no, I mean, literally quickly in two seconds. You, you're talking to somebody that's never been out of the country. They don't even know how it works. And, the USA never stamps your passport when you leave the country. So try and explain to this guy that the USA doesn't stamp your passport when you leave the country. That's like, uh-uh, I don't believe you. You're talking nonsense. America will always stamp your passport. So, I, yeah. uh, so Mechnes just said, um, let me solve the problem by proving when we landed in Bolivia. You just need to know the date that we landed here because we came from the USA and I actually luckily had our actual boarding passes still with me and I took the boarding passes out and I show here's the actual boarding passes where we so he took copies of the boarding passes he took a copy of our stamp where we entered Bolivia officially and yeah and he sort of he he also wanted the stamp for for transiting in Panama 
Yeah. No, it took me 20 minutes to explain to him. You don't get trans. You don't get stamped when you pass you're as a trans. In trans you're in transit. That's yeah, the reason no you're in transit. There's no paperwork for right. that. You go from the one plane to the next. There's no stamps. Anyway, but he he sort of wants to now do something, but he also not. And then Mechanus just looked up him and said, "Okay, what now?" So then he took the papers and he stamped it. And when he stamped it, the both of us went. Thank uh, at that at that stage, I was I was ready to, to choke him in his, in his, in his office. So as but he stamped the, the papers, <laughs> I grabbed my cell phone and I'm taking pictures. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm saying, "I'm taking pictures as a souvenir." And then he, he like sort of looked back and he took the papers and then he actually took it to be processed. So I stood. Yeah, but we've heard a lot of horror stories where they actually don't process your papers. If you ever go back to Bolivia, they say, but you haven't booked out your previous vehicle and then you can't enter. So I made sure he processed it. Oh, wow. So what was his problem? Why did it, like, was he just, you know, a stickler for the rules? No. No. Yes. Bolivia bureaucracy is so incredibly insane and stupid that they, they do their jobs. And sometimes like, like some other people in the, in the government will really want to help you, but their hands are tied. They've only got this rules to do. And now, so this decree came out, but there's no rules on the decree. But he's got to enforce there's no the rules. Guide, there's guidance for them. There's so no guidance for him. Oh, so he makes he, it up. He's trying to, yeah, so he makes up what he, what he can. He tries to save his job on the other hand. He doesn't want the bribe because the lady asks him, listen, we can. You know, so it, it's, it's twofold. On the one hand, I understand his position. I understand his hands is cut off because he also got the same letter from his government, but it didn't say, okay, if a person is late, do this. If a person does this, do this. He doesn't have directives. But now where I blame him is that if you're a manager at a post like that, you make sure you know what you must do or you must have stuff ready or you, you can't know, just start off with go to go to another border post <laughs> yeah it was we were but there's, a lot, there's a lot of lessons to be learned yeah. again and, and and we know this stuff and it's it's a good because the the the, the argentinian people really looked after us they were quick uh, oh, they gave us eight months on the bikes because they said we know that this COVID thing is bad so we're going to give you eight months tip on the motorcycles you'll get a three months because that's normal for, for immigration for Argentina but these people if if all those ifs didn't happen our bikes would still be standing in Bolivia today if that lady didn't speak to us big week if we didn't have a translator a proper English translator we, we would have we would have still been there the bikes and we, we would have probably been back in Bolivia fighting visas for ourselves and extensions for our motorcycles and it's like Mechna said they were just paying for time anyway and you get to the border in the 45 days for the last border and then what do they do take your motorcycles anyway mm-hmm. but, but this you know yeah. it's it's one of those things you can never Never ever underestimate the border. And the more you travel, the, so if you run six months quickly through South America to Alaska, you'll probably don't have don't have issues because you're stamping, 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 stamping out all the time. Except if there's really a problem with your with your or papers, a mistake on your papers or a mistake in your papers. And we've learned that a long time ago. On on motorcycle papers and your stuff, you make sure that your name and your papers and your and your numbers, numbers are exactly numbers. right because. They will they will give you nonsense on one letter, one numeral, one. So you need to make sure, and, and we always have done that. When you travel a long time, at some stage you're going to hit that one border post. That's a, a complete chaos. It's a it's a nightmare, and yeah. and this one was now. 
and, and we can really <laughs> just say whoever has got their vehicles in Bolivia, do not it's go to the border, border post until you've got a custom le- a letter from the custom office where your motorcycle was last stamped. So That's the only way that they at the border will let you go through because their guidelines doesn't give them ifs and buts and maybes. And you cannot solve this stuff in the border. What, what do you mean, get, what do you mean of a, a, get a, a stamp? It's, 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 so what that. you must do is, uh, what they wanted us to do is go back to Tariha, and the guy in Tariha that gave us our last extension must be the guy that gives us the next extension to say he was aware of our situation. Oh, I see. Yeah, mm. so the best advice I can give anybody that has a vehicle still in Bolivia just go back to the last office where you extended your paperwork and ask them to give you a letter of permission that you have the right to remove your motorcycle from or your car from Bolivia. But this is not a guarantee because no, you're going to still have a fight. The decree yeah. says this and there's no laws for it. So the person, wherever the bike is stored, if it's a pass or super or wherever, or the motor yeah. vehicle, are still going to have a lot of explaining, a lot of begging to do to get that stamp yeah, or, to, for them to do Or the them. other solution is wait until the Peru borders open and go through, out, out as quick But as that's going to happen now in yeah. the next few months or something So, like So you, you mentioned lessons, lessons learned. What what can you learn from this? It seems so chaotic and so one-off-ish. Um, uh, I, what do you draw you know, from this? I don't, from this, I, we, we've been through so many border posts and, and really bad border posts. This one, I don't know what is it to learn. We... we we, we we dealt, we know how to deal. Elspie negotiated like horses negotiated. She did it exactly what you need to do. Don't get angry. Don't get, I, that's why I didn't do it. Um, do it properly. Talk, you know, we, we've learned that we, we've, this is not our first rodeo. So, but from this one, I don't know what else they, maybe we were supposed to go to Tariq and ask them first, but they were close. It was, it was no the 24th. time according to the decree. Um, there was yeah. no, yeah. So there's not really, I don't know what, what else we could have done in this. I just think that this was, such an unreasonable no, it, it's it's a once off. I don't even think it's gonna to happen no, to many people in the world. It's just what I wanna say is that something Mechanis and I struggled with, especially the first week after this awful experience, was that don't let it cloud the rest of your experience in that country. Because it's not the country, it's the system that they've got at the border post. But because you you basically been put through hell for twenty four hours and you, you stand there and you know that the possibility that y- you won't be able to continue your trip is so close in your face it's that, literally every time I'm that you way. you sort of when you drive away you cross with the country and it's not the country. It's 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 the system mm-hmm. and it's the way it works. So the advice that I will give people, doesn't matter in what country you are, be aware of their political system and just play by the rules. Well, even like this, we did play by the rules. And, and yeah, but just make sure. And the lesson I learned is I will never, ever just, again, say, no, they say it's okay, don't worry. No, if they say it's okay, they must put it on paper. And if they say don't oh, worry, then you have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, even with that, um, we we luckily had all the paperwork to prove that we kept our site clean. We weren't negligent. Well, well, you also mentioned there that you kept things like your boarding pass, uh, things like that, that I, that you probably wouldn't normally have kept. No, 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 normally you chuck it away. So is that going to be your procedure from now on? Are you going to make sure you no, hang on to a lot more paper? I think if it's something out of normal with COVID, where you can prove that you had connection flights and stuff with, was outside of your control, yes, I will keep that stuff. But generally, we, we've never had a situation just, like or this Or just before. keep it until you clear something. Yeah. Then, then or scan it, it, you know, keep it on your phone or... 
Yeah. Does this raise the bar for you guys as far as how far you will go, how much you will push your determination to not give up? I mean, because you could have given up at one point, I guess, and and walked away and said, keep the bikes and and forget about it. But you've, you persevered and and you came out with the bikes and everything worked out. Does it, does it extend that for you? Do you now have a higher tolerance for um, difficulties you have to deal with? I think I'm as against, we we had a good, learning curve in Africa because there it was the same thing. It's uh, In Africa, our motto was just sit it out. They'll solve it. They'll get you through. Just sit it out. As long as your paperwork is right, as long as you've done nothing wrong, just sit it out. And I think in this case, it was a little bit like that, but also the uncertainty because of the history of Bolivia. Um, but yeah, this is certainly not going to make me stop travel. No, but, it, but it does. It does sometimes. You know, you think, must I, I go into Venezuela, for example? And you think, if wow, this is going to yeah. be a Venezuela, then you know, just no, thank you very much. I, I just, I'd rather spend the money somewhere else or, or go travel somewhere else. And it's maybe not the right attitude to to have that. So it, it does add a, 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 another layer of complexity to your own. Um, ideas, uh, 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 you know, if you if you're scared and what's happening, and you know, a lot of people can, oh, I'll just wing it. And sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. Yeah, we were, and and we we had the discussion. We were standing there like, we're gonna have to leave the bike. This is it. This is the end of it. We're gonna leave. This there's just no. Mehmet actually did at one stage say, you know, we might need to walk away from, from the bikes. bikes, and I was mm-hmm. just like, no way. Because I'm we, camping next we, to my bike. Yeah. If I have to. <laughs> we, we, there was no way getting back into Bolivia. We were stamped out. That's it. You, you can't yeah. go back them on. The, you have to now get to a, to an embassy to get a new visa. Yeah. So it's the, not. The, the it's not like your bikes are, are worth a lot of money. That that's not the reason, though. No, it's no. It's it's more than that. It's, yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's our babies. Yeah, it's that, our that's home. what I mean. These bikes have, have been with you, have taken you on so many adventures, <laughs> and, and to walk away at this point and leave them at a border would just be heartbreaking, exactly. to say the least. Yeah. yeah. If the bike bursts into flames somewhere in a remote road, because whatever, sure. But mm-hmm. to, to ban it for somebody because that, of because of paperwork, because they have no and understanding of humanity yeah. in their heart, that I'll, then I'll rather burn it down <laughs> myself. <laughs> because we're saying we're going to write them to the square and burn, burn them in the, the square, square before I give it to a custom guy. Oops, they just caught fire. You won't take my. But it, but yes, I mean, we be humans, and, and you know, travel. The last thing you want to have is, is, is issues with border posts, and that's why we always try, especially on border posts, to be absolutely clean, make easy, sure we make sure the paperwork. We don't, and we, don't, you know, not not even to the extent that we want to aggravate a border post official. Else, we will always have more copies. That if you ask a copy, don't say to him, okay, oh, I don't have one and start scratching your backpack. And now it takes 10 minutes because this, this guy standing there, you don't know what's going on in his mind. Maybe he's already sick and tired of being there in the first place. And so have the stuff there quick, quick, quick. You did mention a while ago, you said you, you do all the right things at the border. Can you sort of walk through what, what you would consider, well, advice, advice for, for border crossing, for, for the correct way or the way you guys have learned to be the most effective to get through the border? So we, we do a little bit of research. So yes, we will talk to other travelers that recently has gone through the border post. I normally look at the official website. Not a lot of countries has got any procedures on it, but for instance, with COVID, most of the websites or embassy websites will give you guidelines. So we will immediately do that and then just go through the logic thing. 
It's me, my person. So what is important for me? I need to have my passport, my driver's license. I need to have proof where I come from. Obviously now the COVID days, I need to have proof that I, I can look after myself when I sit. So almost like you would approach going for a visa, I approach a border post like that. So if that guy gets let's call it a bee in his bonnet, and he wants to make it difficult for me to go in. What is the things that he can use against me? Yeah, you can't come into my country because you can't support yourself. Yeah, here is my bank statement. Here is this. Uh, Well, uh, why are you coming to my country? Here is my website. We are travelers. So we just make sure that we can anticipate anything that they can throw. And once you've got that in gear, you're okay. Bikes, you need to... Also, look up like the Argentina before and you have to fill in the declaration 48 hours before the time. You cannot go and fill it out in the border post. So, you have to do that's that. That's for you, not for That's for yourself. Yeah. And then um, you have to have the PCR. So, they, you need to look on the website, do a bit of investigations um, on what they need and make sure you have the stuff. And if they say it needs to be printed in, in color, then you print it in color. Don't go there with black and white and I'll say to them, ah, whatever they say. And then a lot of people think that they, or they, they take this whole thing very gung ho. You know, oh, we'll get there and we'll check. That's when you get trouble. It, you know, just be easy. Be like black. Uh, what's it? Men in black. Just smooth through the stuff. Just, <laughs> just don't be. Uh, just smooth through the stuff. You can, the other side, you can do whatever the hell you want. But just there, just you know, smooth through the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything they asked you for that you hadn't been asked for before that you weren't prepared for? No, other than what this customs guy for Bolivia started asking that I realized he might be asking for things that I don't have and which I didn't anticipate is that I had to prove to him my communication. So luckily, I think he at some stage with this lady translating understood our predicament and he even allowed me to WhatsApp him some of my communications on his internet on his Wi-Fi uh, and he printed it out for us to take it with us to the other custom office. Um, so yes, I think if I I didn't do everything I should have done, I should have made sure I had copies of all my um, custom uh, uh, correspondence since the bikes has expired. I should have had it handy. How do you know all the questions are going to ask you? No, we don't. You well, don't. You, you know what they, you know you know what they it, want, but then sometimes if... Yeah. If they if they look at your passport and they think, uh, you know, just maybe maybe you're the person I need to check. Then they will yeah. then will start asking you different questions to see if they can catch you out on if, something. And then if you have good answers or paperwork with you, it goes smoother because then I, they. I think if generally you have to have a visa for the country, whatever you submitted for your visa, just have copies of that with you. Because we, for instance, had that in in Angola where they just played for time. So we got to the border and they kept asking us exactly the documents that we submitted for the visa and then Mechnes at some stage said, you're playing for time. You can get everything of that on my visa. You would not have approved my visa if you didn't have all these documents. And then eventually you realized we're not going to, so it depends on who you deal with. Um, but just be, be yeah. you know, just be prepared, prepared for the worst. And, and, um, be happy if you're clear now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what about and what about your attitude? Uh, you know, you mentioned that you tried all the different things. You don't show you're upset no. ever. I, I, I'm, don't I'm not get angry. Don't get arrogant. We had a guy, and this is sad for the motorcycle community. So we were standing in the queue since three o'clock in the morning. We started just moving over the bridge that we in the sun, we moving, and we hear a big motorcycle pulling up. Brand new, brand new, uh, all the lights, all the whistles, everything. And the guy walks 
past everybody and go squeeze in the front. But he didn't know, obviously know that there was a the couple of ladies, ladies that walked. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have and a he number. Just, <laughs> he didn't have a he number. just <laughs> in in the front. He's got no paperwork with him. You can see he just wants to go through with his ID. So he didn't even have the declarations. He didn't have his PCR test, nothing. So he walks to the front and just goes stands like he knows somebody there. And then everybody just got so Oh, these old ladies, Emily. And then he moved back and back and back. And then he saw, well, here's two tall foreigners. And he started like, you know, standing next also, to his, like he's part course. of us. Like, and I just gave him no, one look and move. I'm like, move. So, <laughs> and, and, and it was a bit like the, he's obviously a very, very rich Bolivian guy that, that um, you know, he's not part of this. That stands in queues. What what is this? But these old ladies, I told you quickly. You, yeah, in this line, you're no special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So coming back to the attitude, just don't. Even if you feel your world is collapsing, just don't get emotional. Just keep smiling. Keep keep, keep trying, asking. Keep you know what? What is the solution? I mean, don't smile in certain situations, yeah. but just we just kept looking him straight in the eye and say, "But then what? What what do we need to do?" Uh, the Bolivian government has, and, and we had a similar situation with uh, the immigration office in Sucre when we had to extend our personal visa when we couldn't fly out of the country. The lady that helped us said, I know your situation. I know you've got a problem. I know I should just stamp this paper, but I'll lose my job if I don't keep to the rules. So it's just, um, their hands are cut off. This guy was different. He this was a little bit different, but in a, in a way I can... But this, this was the closest that we ever got to losing our bikes. In Egypt, in, in Egypt it nearly happened. And, but this was this, this stuff. If, if if we didn't know the lady, if she didn't speak to us, if the if the, if the immigration in, in um, Argentina didn't give us the the, the Wi-Fi, if we went um, there three o'clock in the morning, if we went there three o'clock in the morning, those bikes today would have stand in the border post in, in Bolivia. We would have lost them. That is quite the story. So, but now, <laughs> now you're you're in Argentina and you're feeling oh, good again. In and Salta, and yeah, we I'm went just, to the Peña Bars, and we're having a lovely time. Yeah, no, I'm so I'm, I'm glad we're in. It's, it's nice. We're going to ride yeah. around for three months and then uh, go to Buenos Aires, and we'll ship the bikes to either Europe or America, depending on, on still what they charge. Still deciding. But it, this was this was interesting, and and, and it, like you rightly said, it, you know, in the end, you have to look back and say it's part of traveling. It just yeah. It, it, it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. But it's, but it's, a, it's a story that you can. We had ten days to calm down, and uh, believe me, guys, Bolivia is worth visiting. So you country. don't hate Bolivia at this no, point? No, I no, don't. we met really good no. people, good friends. <laughs> yeah, um, really, really nice. No, nice it's people, amazing but, people. Yeah. It's a beautiful country. Go see more than just uh, Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. But make sure your damn papers are. Well, I'm I'm, gla- <laughs> I'm glad you guys are yeah. still out there traveling. It's so nice to to get the stories and and, and hear that. Um, well, it's still possible. You know, you're, you're still doing it. Yeah. And and are you seeing a lot of other travelers or any other travelers? Local, local ones. Local travels, local travels yeah. yeah. And especially here in Argentina, we've seen quite a few Paraguayans, quite a few from Brazil. Uh, the motorcycle scene here is definitely. Mm. On the go. It's on the go, yeah. They, not a lot of overseas people, but, but, but local, yeah, local, travels, local uh, South American countries, travels, yeah. they, they're moving a little bit. But everybody's still wearing masks and, yeah. you know. And that's what you're doing as well. You're, you're putting the mask yes. on. And, yeah, I know. Keeping yeah. safe, 
follow local protocols. <laughs> are, are you fine? Yep. Have you run in? That was one thing I wanted to ask you. Have you run into any sort of issues with COVID? Anyone saying you're a foreigner while you're here? That sort of thing? No. No, we just have to tell people, listen, we're from South Africa, but we didn't come from South Africa now. We didn't bring Omicron. Calm down. We normally say, they ask where you're from, we go South Africa, and then like, you can see they sort of you know, shrink back. stand back a yeah. bit. And then we say, no, don't worry, we haven't been home for two years if uh, we didn't bring Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, great to talk. Thank you very much. Thank I, you, I really Jim. appreciate it. Thanks. That was Mickness and Elsby on the road traveling in Argentina. Their website is peakypeakyoverland.com. Now, we've got some really interesting photos from them in the show notes on our website of this border crossing experience that you heard today. And it's it's interesting to look at the people that are lined up in these photos at the border. It kind of makes you wonder, what are they doing there? Where are they going with the suitcase in hand? It's pretty interesting to see. And what are the dogs for? Anyway, those photos, again, are in the show notes for this episode on our website at adventureriderradio.com. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and of course you, the listener, thank you very much for being a part of this. Um, I hope you've got some sort of inspiration and some sort of plans or maybe coming up with some sort of ideas for 2022. you got to get out there and ride even if it's close to home. One more thing I want to throw in there that um, this mo- this show is built on a model of advertising and listener support. We need your support. Drop by our website, adventureriderradio.com. You can not only see the show notes, you can check out our other show, Raw, as well, that I mentioned uh, on this episode. Um, but you can also click on the, the support button and see what's going on there. You can get an Adventure Rider Radio sticker, or you can become one of our patron supporters, which would be really fantastic if you, if you consider that. Anyway, thank you very much. My name is Jim Martin, and I will talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Chris Birch, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 